Hello, everybody. This is Keon Henderson with another episode of Take Action with Keon. You know, uh, I love doing these podcasts and I love coming to you. Today, I'm going to do a little something different. Here recently, I just released an album, a single, if you will. The name of it is called Holy. Very excited about the success of it. And um, I'm going to sing a little bit of it live for you. So that way, uh, when you get an opportunity to go to Tidal or Apple Music or to the market or to Spotify or Pandora or wherever um, your music uh, is streamed. I want you to get a copy of it and uh, help support good music. Uh, we believe that we have a great song. We've been getting great feedback from as far as Ghana and Nigeria or as near as here in our hometown of Houston, Texas. But the song just simply goes, You are holy, 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 holy. I'm high on loving you, high. And then the words go, When the sun had left and the winter came And the sky fall to only bring the rain I sat in darkness, all broken hearted I didn't find a day, I didn't feel alone Never meant to cry, started losing hope Somehow Jesus you broke through and saved me. You're my savior. Said you never leave me. You're the first thing I know I can believe in. You are holy, holy. So that's how the song goes. And I'm going to tell you, I really love that song. I want you to go and download it so you can hear the whole shebang. And I didn't want to send you some kind of false rendition that was in the studio. That's just me at home singing with my um, acoustic guitar in my lap. And I remember I was riding in my car one day and I saw something come up across my radio screen and it said, holy, I'd never saw it before, seen it before. I went and I looked out there and uh, when I looked, guess what? I saw a song by a group called Florida Georgia Line. I'd never heard of the group and I'd never heard of the song, but the song resonated with me so well that we got the lyrics and we got some alterations and some changes and got permission from the original writers and we produced a song that has been in the top 10 in the first two weeks of songs that have been added to the radio. And um, I'm just telling you, I'm just so excited by it. Now, here is the deal. The deal is the worst of the song really resonated in, in my spirit in the way that I have never, I, I just can't tell you. It, it just resonated in a way that I, I never experienced before. And um, the words are, when the sun had left and the winter came and the sky fall to only bring the rain, I sat in darkness, all broken hearted. I couldn't even find a day I didn't feel alone. I never meant to cry. I started losing hope. But somehow, Jesus, you came and saved me. You are my savior said you'd never leave me. You're the first thing I know I can believe in. And those words really, really resonated with me. <laughs> and then when you get over to the second verse, um, it's it's even more compelling. And, and the second verse is what really, really, really just got into my spirit. And I I had to record the song. Um, it just It just wouldn't let me go. And, you know, the second verse gets to a part where it talks about dealing with demons that were 
killing my freedom and that how God had given me all my life and had given me all of him and uh, had me singing hallelujah. And there's a song, uh, a verse in the song that says, I don't need these stars because you shine for me like fire in my veins. You're my ecstasy. I, I don't want to go through the whole song, um, but I just wanted you to know that when I heard that, it spoke to my heart. It spoke to me at an intellectual level. And it's really the guide, if you will, of what I'm going to be talking to you about today. I think there are a few areas uh, that people are struggling in today uh, that keeps them from getting in touch with themselves. And I believe is at the emotional intelligence level. And I think it's about self-knowledge, managing your emotions and understanding other people. I think all of those things are, are, are important. And uh, let me just tell you, if, if the word um, makes you think, and when I talk about intelligence, if the word makes you think uh, of a scientist, you know, uh, hunched over a computer screen, or if it makes you think of some intellectual mathematical genius uh, at a blackboard, uh, that you're only really catching half of the meaning when I say intelligence. Um, uh, as Dr. David Walton said, he said emotional intelligence is the ability to control your emotions and to grasp the influence of how others feel about you. He says it's much more than just essential cognitive skill um, that we tend to use from time to time for success at work or at home in our personal life. He says that you've got to learn how to develop the mindfulness and the strength in your own willpower to cultivate your own positivity and optimistic outlooks needed uh, for your professional life again or your family life uh, that's achieved for personal growth. Um, it also helps you to uh, reduce the uh, conflict that's in your life. It, it'll help you to improve the relationships in your life with everybody from bosses to coworkers to friends, uh, to your husband, to your wife, uh, to your partners, even to your children. <laughs> Heck, in our case, even all the way down to your dog. You know, I think that dogs and animals sometimes show us where we are on an emotional level as well. Um, you got to get to a place where you deepen your empathy for other people and uh, how you use your understanding of emotional responses to facilitate cooperation and collaborate. You know, you got to be able to work with people and moreover, people have to be able to work with you. You have to be able to assert your own needs and interests, even while remaining considerate and respectful of other people. Um, I want to talk today about how to stay calm and perform creatively and efficiently no matter what's going on in your life, even in high-pressure work environments and stressful environments. And that's what I really thought when I heard that song for the first time, is that God was that emotional intelligence that uh, was uh, helping me to uh, get in touch with the freedom and to kill the demons uh, that had been assigned to me, uh, either by life or uh, through life structure or, or different things of that nature. So... I'm really excited about today's talk about our emotional intelligence. And, uh, you know, understanding yourself is probably uh, the starting point of your emotional uh, interactions. I, I want you to uh, just label this as self-knowledge. You know, um, as you get to the place of, of emotional intelligence, what it'll do is it'll prove a foundation that'll show you how to manage yourself. I, I see people in the world... Uh, managing everything, managing companies, managing businesses, managing assembly lines, managing traffic, managing children, managing households, hotels, restaurants, 
uh, but I don't see uh, the same level in the earth um, of people who've learned to manage themselves. And, and I'll be the first one to say that there are moments uh, in my life where uh, frustration and anxiety uh, will get me to the place where I'm not the best manager of my own emotions. You know, one of the things that often gets me is I try to make sure that I treat everybody right. I'm not saying that I'm 100% at it, but I do my best. Um, and one of the things that, that bothers me uh, is when you do people right and they don't do you right. And sometimes that uh, bothers me emotionally. I can't tell you I'm getting a lot better at it, but I don't know if I want to be totally healed from it because um, you never, you never want to be so calloused uh, that people's opinions of you, especially those in whom you love and trust, uh, are of no consequence. And so I think that uh, when someone mentions self-awareness, awareness, I think that the first thing that we might want to think about is how our behavior affects uh, other people and what other people think about us. You know, I say to uh, my uh, constituents and employees uh, that if you want to find out who you are, uh, you need to ask somebody who knows you. Um, I think that people who know you can say more to you about you than you can see about yourself. Now, seeing yourself as others see you uh, is something that you'll want to do. And I'm not saying that you have to see yourself the way that everybody sees you because everybody doesn't have the authority nor the power, nor should they, uh, to influence how you see yourself. Uh, but people who you've negotiated with, people who you communicate with, people who you are on staff with, people who you... Uh, share political views with people who you uh, have lived with. Those people have some insight inside of you, insight, insight of you, inside of you. And I think that uh, you, you should uh, go about doing that. One of the things I like to do is get 10 questions on a sheet of paper and ask people uh, what they think about me as it relates to those 10 important things. And getting feedback on your emotional, uh, intellectual level is something that you might want to consider. Um, something that you can try now if you really wanted to is to think of a person you know and the situations in which you met them and just think what what are they like and write a short description of that person then another thing you could do is look at the description you have written and how many different factors have you written about about that person and what are the key perspectives that help you to form your opinion about that person and then I want you to flip that on yourself because self-awareness is more important than understanding other people. Really, at the, the genesis of it, might I say quite frankly, that self-awareness is about understanding ourselves and knowing what pushes our buttons and why. And it is important that we know what pushes our buttons and why, uh, and not just what pushes other people's buttons and why. Um, when you look at other people, what do you observe? Okay, what aspects shape your perception of them? Because you know that old saying, first impressions are what? That's it. First impressions are everything. You know, first impressions are important because they really influence the way we interpret other people's uh, behaviors. And, 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 and it helps us uh, to base our initial uh, contact and our initial perception of people, their physical appearance, their dress, their friendliness, their manners, their accent. Uh, the way they smell, the way they look, how tall are they, how short are they, uh, how expensive is their watch, um, just just all kinds of things. You know, if you've seen somebody recently who just lost weight, 
that tells you something about what they've done since the last time you've seen them. Um, but I think that self-knowledge uh, is, is more important, again, than the observation of other people. And I think that we live in a society that is proficient at acknowledging and observing other people when the most important person to you is you. You know, so um, it'd be great to think of others or others as um, as congruent with our own personalities. You know, I do understand that sometimes we can look in a person and and see ourselves, but you have to look at other people as free agents, determining who uh, they are, and and then you have to look at yourself and determine who you want to be. You know, I often say that emotional intelligence uh, can help you do things that perhaps your talent, watch this, your talent might not be able to achieve. You know, if you and another person are going uh, for the same path, the same job, and um, you're going to be a manager or they're going for being a manager and they have uh, the IQ, but you have the EQ, Okay, what do I mean? They have the intellectual quotient, but you have the emotional quotient. It may be in that particular uh, essence that you may have the hand up because it may be a high stress job. You know, everything is becoming high stress because of computers and the veracity and the quickness and speed of life that now more so than your intellectual abilities, you have to also have emotional abilities. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever driven to work and when you arrive, you couldn't even remember how you got there? Or have you ever spent a morning serving a customer and have difficulty later recalling what happened? You know why? I believe that most of us, and, and this is me included, we're in this together, we're really on autopilot. We're on automatic pilot, reducing our consciousness disengaged with watch this what we are and who we are have you ever been in a place thinking about being in another place have you ever been in the midst of a conversation thinking about something else or perhaps in an argument not listening to what the person is saying but just waiting for them to be quiet long enough so you can respond being on autopilot reduces our consciousness guys and it it, it keeps us from being engaged and being on autopilot as it relates to our emotional intelligence keeps us from really digging down into ourselves and finding out who we are. So you don't want to be in front of a driver on automatic pilot. You don't want to be in front of a potential client on automatic pilot. You don't want to be in the presence of somebody who the universe and God has sent to help you to get to the next level, but you're on autopilot. You want to make sure that you are in the driver's seat, fully aware of your strengths, weaknesses, desires, what you want next, where you're going, and where you just came from. Being, see, being in a in a mindless state, uh, what what one author says, being in a mindless state of automatic pilot opens you up to problems. And when you're on automatic pilot, believe me. You take on the thoughts, the patterns, the assumptions, and the characteristics of what other people place on you. You are the driver of your own destiny. And I want you to know that you cannot become prone to old habits and behaviors. And you can't uh, uh, leave people feeling bad 
because you are not interested in them. And if you're not interested in somebody, you've got to be honest about that. You know, don't go to an event and miss the whole thing because you're texting. Don't go to church and miss the whole thing because you're on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat. Be in the moment. This is how you're going to sharpen your intellectual and emotional quotient. You've got to be in the moment. Feel everything around you. Okay, feel the heat, feel the coolness, feel the hair standing up on your back, feel the bass and the drum, feel the person next to you and what is their spirit and what are they giving off? Feel life. What does this mean? What does this mean? This means you're developing into a deeper dimension. It means that you're developing a, a psychological analysis or grid, if you will, that would allow you to detect the smallest movement in your life. What I'm trying to get you to do is get to a place where you're not just floating through life so you can feel everything around you. You know, uh, it is said that a shark can be in water. And I don't know if this is true. I've read it somewhere. It seems too good to be true, but obviously people study things like this, so I believe it is true. They say that they can smell blood a mile away. And some say that if you were to throw a rock in the water, that they could feel the ripple from a rock in an ocean hundreds of yards away. Do you understand how sensitive and how in tune that a shark has to be with this, within its environment to smell something from a mile away and to feel something from hundreds of yards away? Are you guilty of being in the waters of your life, not being able to smell dishonesty, not being able to smell disloyalty, not being able to detect a bad deal not being able to detect when you're being had or whether uh, this is something that will possibly lead, lead to illegal action down the line? Are you desensitized because you have not gotten in touch with your emotional state, your emotional quotient, your emotional life? I want you to feel it. I want you to get in touch. I want you to get to the place that you feel everything around you. If you have to cry, cry. If you have to smile, smile. But you've got to get in touch with that part of you that God gave you because self-awareness is about understanding you and knowing what pushes your buttons and why. Knowing what pushes your buttons and why. Not just what pushes your buttons, but why does coffee wake you up in the morning? And why is it that every time you get to a certain point in the day you reach for sugar yeah I had to be quiet on that because that used to be well maybe still kind of sort of a little bit kind of sort of my problem <laughs> why is it that you're depressed when you're at home alone but when somebody's there you can stay all day long see our past and our self-image they play a huge part in how we choose to interpret our own behavior. Most importantly, it also determines the way we act and the effect that we have on other people. So let me ask you another question. What extra skills do you need to deal with people in a mind full of self-awareness? I want you to try reflecting on your own experience. Because I want you to really be mindful. There's a scripture that says, let this mind that is in you also be in Christ Jesus. 
See, mindfulness means paying attention on purpose to what is happening in the present moment. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're brushing your teeth or driving your car or taking a bath or a shower, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but you're not fully in the moment. You know, my best study time is when I'm on an airplane, when nothing else is around me and I have my headphones in my ear and I can take copious notes. Well, and it also helps me not to have to answer 12 questions from somebody who's going to ask me questions that I probably don't have answers to. I love to be social on the plane. I do. But how many of you all get to that place when you say, okay, now 17 questions is enough. And sir, I'm not interested in that corn on your left toe. No, I'm just kidding. But I want you to be mindful. Because when you are having a conversation with somebody, I think that you ought to be full in. I think it's rude to be in a conversation with somebody or at a dinner table with somebody and you're texting the entire time. That's not being mindful. So mindfulness means paying attention to the present moment without judging whether it is right or wrong. So mindfulness emphasizes sort of like a collaborative way of working and it draws on your listening skills. You see? And I believe that we also need to control our own emotions so that we can actually hear what the other person is saying, hear what is actually going on, hear what is surrounding us. I also believe that part, part of mindfulness is knowing what you feel and what you are feeling as it happens. You know, I know retrospect and sometimes we look back on things and we find out later on, hey, I'm mad about what so-and-so said. But what about feeling it at the moment? What about being able to give the emotion you experience a name and not just um, um, a designation or, 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 or how some of us say, well, before I knew it, I was ticked off. Before I knew it, they had made me mad. What about being so in control of your emotions? And we're all trying to get there together where no one can make you mad. Not saying that you won't ever get mad, but in those times you'll be able to say, I decided to get angry. I decided to be frustrated. You know, I want you to be able to make decisions about how you feel. As I mentioned earlier, being able to identify and name your emotions as they come up is very important. If you can't find words to describe how you feel at any time, and even better, what's causing it, well, then you are and I hate to say it, more sensitive than you are really aware of. That's why you got to be able to name your emotions so when you name them, you desensitize them and you know when they're coming and you can feel them when they're coming. And I'm telling you, if you do this, it'll provide you with the options to do many things. You'll be able to decide that you don't want to feel bad. You may be decide that your feelings are about things in your past rather than the situation at hand or you may be able to begin to think more tangibly what it is that others have done to make you feel this way or maybe you can begin to think about other people's feelings too See, when we think about our own feelings we can often gauge how strongly we feel by the words that we choose and is anybody going to be honest we don't always choose the right words so I want to give you 
uh, some words, some keywords that you can use to express your emotions. You know, if you're feeling, if you have strong feelings uh, that are bad and chaotic and confusing and you can be flustered and rattled and shaken up and you can be stumped and stunned and you can be, you can be upset and angry. And then you can kind of have medium feelings like puzzled, um, you know, uh, frustrated, mixed up. Uh, you can be troubled. And then slight feelings, you could be distracted or uncertain or uncomfortable or undecided or unsure. Uh, but I just want you to be able to get to the place where you can name them so that they can stop naming you. I want you to start tuning in to how you're feeling. There are many things that are going on in the world right now, politically and economically and terrorism and school shootings. And we've got to decide how we feel about this. We're surrounded by so many, so much stimuli in our immediate environment. You know, we're inundated with news and, and, and alerts on our phone from social media um, that we become desensitized to anything. You know, there have been times that I've driven and I have to be honest, I try not to do this anymore where I've been texting and didn't even realize that I had driven a mile or so uh, without consistently looking up. Pay attention to the world around you. I think this is a topic that I'm going to come back to you again and talk about because being in touch with our emotional health, self-knowledge, managing our emotions and understanding others is a big part of life. I'm going to break it here and then we're going to come back and have part two of our emotional intelligence. I'll see you next week. friends and colleagues, it's time to take action and subscribe to this podcast. Follow Kian Henderson on social media at Pastor Kian. Visit the website daily for lifestyle, leadership, and learning at kianhenderson.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep doing life.